Peace, this is your host Krill of Out The Box. The following interview is part of our throwback series of Out The Box Talks. These are interviews that were done prior to the official season one and two of Out The Box Talks. Enjoy. Welcome to another edition of Out The Box Radio. I'm your host Krill. Today our special guest on the line is a hip-hop producer hailing from the state of Michigan who's actually been making a name for himself for the past few years now. He started out with the Michigan hip-hop crew known as Athletic Mike League and went on to produce a number of instrumental projects that have gotten acclaim in the underground hip-hop scene. He has worked with the likes of artists such as Elzai, Jay Electronica, Bun B, Danny Brown, Maya Hawthorne, and others, and continues to deliver his musical efforts in this present day with the release of his latest instrumental LP entitled Nickel and Dimed. So without further ado, it is with great pleasure... I'm happy to bring to you, live on the line with us today, the man himself, representing the state of Michigan, my <laughs> homie, 14KT. Welcome to Out the what Box, up? man. What up, though? What's good, man? How's everything, man? I'm, I'm happy to finally have you on the line. Congrats on the new man, album. Man, thank you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be online, man. Finally be on here, man. This is great, man. Appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt, man. It's a pleasure indeed. We got a lot of things that I want to uh, uh, get into, you know, get into the um, talks with you today. But okay. uh, what I what I like to do um, before we um, as we start the shows is to really take a moment to go back uh, into your okay. history and and how you first got connected with music. So we gonna okay. we gonna take a little time to go into that. And uh, just 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 as a notice to you. Uh, if you could just kind of try to speak a little lower into the phone, um, okay. that that that'll work out well. Cause I'm sensing a little bit of muffleness, but um, just just so you keep that in mind, all right? Okay. All I'll right. So now. that sounds a little bit better. All right. Okay. So we're right. gonna jump right into it, man. Um, I, I like I said, man, I I like to really um kick kick things off by going a little bit back into your musical history. So uh. Okay. From from as far back as you can remember, what would you say was your first memory of being introduced to music in a way that uh, deeply connected and resonated with you? Ah, uh, man. I would probably say my first, my first influences of music is probably, you know, when I was a kid singing in the choir at church. That's probably that's probably the first thing that where where it kind of connected to me because at first it was like fun and like you're at church and like all your all your friends is there like your parents bring you there kind of force you to do it but right. after a while you like learn about the different parts like you know sopranos and altos and tenors and different harmonies and then you start figuring out that it's more to music than just going up there and just talking and singing and you know yelling so. It kind of intrigued me from there, and then from there, you know, watching cartoons and all that, you know, I just kind of, kind of moved up, got more serious from there. Right, right. And and what yeah. what age was that again that that you started with that? Shoot, man. I mean, I've been I was singing in, in the children's choir ever since I was like I don't know maybe whenever I could sing maybe three three or wow. four years old. Yeah, wow. so I started there and. You know, after that, it just it just kind of escalated. I got into that, and then my mom, she played piano a lot, so she got me into playing piano, me and my sister. And then it was from playing piano, and then I played in the orchestra, played 
the upright bass. Then I just wow. moved up, just playing instruments, and you know, it was like natural progression. And you started wanting to create on your own. No doubt. And that's where I got to now. So music actually started vocally for you. Yep. Didn't didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't the greatest singer in the world, or nothing, right, right, but three, you know, <laughs> three years old. But, I mean, that was yeah. yeah it, you learn because you got to learn how to sing the song. You got to learn your part in the song, and then you got to learn how all the other parts work with you in harmony. So, the more you do that, and if you're doing it every week, and you always practicing every week, after a while, you start you start picking up on things. Right. You know, so that's where it started with me. True, indeed. So, I mean, for people out there that might not know, uh, you come from a Michigan hip-hop crew, as I mentioned earlier, called Athletic Mike League. Most people yes, know them sir. as AML. Now, yes, tell sir. me a little bit of, about how you guys came together and uh, what were some of the goals y'all originally had in mind as a crew? Shoot, that's a good question. Uh, we, came, we all came together in high school. Uh, this is about... In the mid in the mid nineties, around ninety four, ninety five, we all kind of clicked uh, together. It was weird because we were all friends and we all played sports. That's kind of where the athletic Mike League part came through because it was like a lot of us and we played sports. But it was funny because we all loved hip hop and we all loved like rhyming, but we never talked about it. Right. Like, we would always just we would always talk about hip hop and like music, but we never rapped together. And then. Next thing you know, one day we all found out we all rapped, and it was like, word? You know, so that's that's kind of where it started. So it was like sports and rap was the same thing. We were, like, competitive around each other. So, you know, one of the goals was, like, just staying competitive and, like, staying in your lane within the group. So, like, everybody in the group had their own unique style right. to a certain degree, and we were learning how to, like, put them all together like a team. So like we will work if you listen to our albums, like we, we put those all those albums together like a team. Like one person would do this part, one person would do this part, we come in and everybody played a role. So we always had a goal of like keeping the team first, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like regardless of whatever happened. So we was family and we was team and you know, to this day we still operate that way. You know, right. I think that was a great thing because, you know, around the mid nineties a lot of groups was breaking up because of like money and stuff. You know, like the dopest groups are getting right. arguments about crazy stuff. And I'm glad we never came to that point, you know. So, you know, I'm thankful for them, man. They gave me my voice. No doubt. Right now, now um, if you could just, like, kind of express for me a little bit, um, what were the roles um, that, you know, individuals had in the crew? Like, who who handled the production most of the time and, and, and like, who handled, like, like the other the other aspects like the rhymes and stuff like did y'all like yeah. separate and identify who was doing what at the time when when the crew was um coming up yeah yeah um well everybody everybody started off rhyming we all was rhyming it was okay. like we it was it, it wasn't really anybody making beats or anything like that we were all MCs like straight up writing rhymes in the basement the beat making part came about when we we needed beats, we was always rhyming on instrumentals, but we wanted to make our own, you know, our own unique beats. And four of us, it was seven, seven of seven of us in the crew, and four of us started making beats. It was me, it was myself, my brother Trey Styles, my brother Vaughn T, and my brother DJ Haircut, who was known as Mayor Hawthorne. Right. So it was us four who made the beats, and we kind of like, you know, we were thinking, yo, as, as long as you make three beats or four beats. And we all make three, four beats. 
and just put all our time in the four beats. We got 16 joints right there. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So that's kind of how we operated. We're like, you do your four, you do your four, you do your four, make them dope. And then we'll all sit down, pick, you know, pick out whatever. And then everybody writes to however, which one, but everybody wrote, everybody was rhyming, you know, and we just all like figured out, you know, seven of us. So we all seven of us couldn't be on every song, you know what I'm saying? So it was like, all right, well, if two cats got dope verses, let them two cats just do the song. Or if four cats got it, let let three cats rap and maybe one dude do the hook. You know, and right. then we just kind of took it case by case. But you know, if you if you hear the if you hear the albums, you know, you hear how they're all put together and structured. You know, but we just you know we we weren't like we didn't have big egos and be like, nah, you know, you can't get on this song or whatever. But sometimes we would try to outwrap each other and say, yo, my verse is better than yours. So we'd be like, all right, well, your verse go on there. You finish your first first so you get to go so you know it was kind of competitive but you know we we still work together man and and made sure we made dope music right in the end so that's yeah that's pretty much it definitely and um you know coming up in the crew aml um and you guys coming from a a place like michigan you like you yeah. right there next to Detroit. You know it's a lot of talent in the hip hop world coming out in in that city. Um, Definitely. what what impact would you say AML had on the the Michigan scene of music? If you look back at wh- what you guys were able to contribute. Ah uh, man, shoot! Somebody else might be able to talk on this better than me, but uh, I feel like you know we we came from the Ypsilanti Ann Arbor area. And, like, in Michigan, you know, Ann Arbor Ipsy is, like, you know, maybe 25 minutes away from Detroit or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But there's two different scenes. There's definitely two different types of rhyme styles and different scenes. And um, I feel like as Athletic Mike League, we, we made it a point to just be us from where we were from and try and create a sound from where we were from. We were definitely influenced by Detroit, and we love Detroit. We love everything about Detroit. But we wanted to be ourselves and wanted to represent where we from. And it, we didn't, at, you know, at first we weren't like, yo, scream Detroit, we from Detroit. Cause we weren't, you know, so we weren't going front. We wanted to represent where we from. So we tried to put a unique sound on, on our sound. And I think, you know, in the mid nineties, there wasn't a lot of hip hop groups doing what we were doing, especially with seven cats in it, like a woo. So we were kind of like the Wu-Tang of, of Ann Arbor and kind of right. putting that hip hop scene on the map. It was us in, a group called Binary Star right. that uh, we kind of connected. They were from Pontiac, One but they, they came out to yeah, Ann Arbor and showed us a lot of love. And we kind of connected with them and said, "Yo, let's 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 build let's build this this stuff ourselves." So we had a certain sound to our a certain style and sound to our music, and we just built up. I feel like we built up the Ann Arbor base in Ann Arbor Ipsy. Like mm. we were we were those guys, you know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. But in terms of Detroit, it's a different world. Like, it was different MCs and a different style of rhyming and, and a lot of things going on that we weren't a part of that mm-hmm. we kind of had to work our way in and, like, earn our respect, you know, after a while. So, you know, but overall, I think we played our part in terms of, you know, setting up the foundation of hip-hop and the sound for Ann Arbor, Ypsilanti area. No doubt. No doubt, yeah. well taken. Now, um, 
just to kind of bring us up to speed on the members of AML, like what's what's the status of everybody right now? I know different members have went on to do some pretty pretty good things and improved and stuff like that. Like what's the status of the 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 original members? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm I'm thankful, man, to grow up around them because they were they were some geniuses. They still are geniuses and like some of the most intellectual cats that I know. And um, shoot, the seven of us, like I said, um, I start with my brother uh, Jamal Buff. A lot of people know him as Buff One. Right. He still, he still, you know, we through the years, through the last few years, he's still been putting out records. He's been putting out a lot of mixtapes. He dropped an album called Pure. He dropped There's Only One, and he's actually working on uh, another album that will come out later this year. But he's still MCing. And he's working at a, a teen center. He actually helps run events at a teen center in Ann Arbor called Dope. the Neutral Zone. So he's doing good, you know, doing his, his job, man, and using his talents. Um, then you got my man Trey Styles. He's uh, he kind of been in and out of music, but he was out of music for a while, but he's doing well. Like, he, he moved out to New York. He's out in New York now. Um doing things with his managing his own own business situation okay uh but he's doing pretty good but he's he's getting back like he sent me some some songs yesterday so he's getting back into the music too That's you know, he's just, he hasn't stopped so he's still at it um got my man wesley taylor uh he's he's always been if you ever seen any of the artwork that AML has done, and even my first project, The Golden Hour, right. he does a lot of graphic arts and design, and he's really heavy in the visual media and visual arts. Okay. And uh, he's he's still doing that. He got his own warehouse, uh, Talking Dolls, out in Detroit, and he's he did a lot of things with Wajid and um, my brother Carlos and another rapper, MC named Invincible, that's from right. Detroit. Definitely they have a collective called, yeah, she's, she's fam, but... Definitely, they got a collective called uh, Complex Movements, and they do a lot of, uh, they incorporate hip-hop into, you know, different visual arts and, and music and, and everything Dope. into it. So they're killing the game. They're, they're going to be doing a lot of great stuff in the future. So definitely look, look out for Complex Movements. That's what's up. Uh, my man Vaughn T, he lives out in Atlanta. He got married. He got a kid now, and he's doing, you know, some things with, like, different games for different websites. Uh, coming up with different ideas for businesses to help promote uh, their business, you know, right. uniquely for their business using games. So he's doing okay. that now and doing pretty good. You know, he, of course, you got Mayor Hawthorne. He on tour right now, just dropped his no uh, Where Does This Door Go album. So he's killing the game, you know, what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> you got my man Mike. Uh, he's still here at Etsy. You know, he's kind of post up. He's got his family and, uh, you know, he's just kind of, focusing on his family so we see him a lot he's still whining but he's still sad. you know he took time out to take care of his family and everything but he's heavily still around us you know we just shot a video for one of my songs off of nickel and dime and he came through we just did that yesterday so you'll see mike in the video Word. Word. <laughs> nickel and die yep then you got myself you know true indeed the man of the hour <laughs> <laughs> yep so that's that's about it that's what's up, man. Thank you for, um, you know, giving us that update, man. I always, you know, kind of want to know what's going on with the members and stuff. Of course, we yeah. know about Haircut, you know, Mr. Yep. Mayor Hate Hawthorne doing his thing now. So, and, you know, we know you. But good looking on that insight. 
Uh, so yeah, like, thank you, man. yeah, no doubt. So like, um, I, you mentioned the Golden Hour album just a little while ago, and um, I I want to say that your production has uh, you know, it's, it's been a long time since that that album actually released. You know, it's been a little while, but um, your production yeah. since that album has seemed to have always involved a lot of synth and electronic instrumentation. And it reminded me of what uh, Black Milk was doing with uh, Detronic at the time. And I think that Golden okay. Hour album might have came out around the same time. Maybe it was the same yeah, year yeah, that Tronic came year. out. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, um, you know, although your music is very soulful, I just want to know what drew you to the electronic sound back in 08 when that came out, I guess. Oh, uh, man, you know, I, I actually wasn't even really thinking about it. Um, I wasn't really making like a, uh, yeah, at that time, like I still, if you listen to my records, they got a lot of, you know, sample chopping, boom, bap type style to it. But, um, I don't know. I just started to play a lot, lot more like live bass lines and, and effects and everything. And, you know, I, I think around that time I may have got some new plugins and new sounds that I wanted to mess with. So I just tried to just incorporate it in my sound and make it sound a little bit new than just like more old school boom back, just chopping a record and putting the baseline on it. So right. I just wanted to add different, different effects. Plus, you know, the electronic music was, was starting to get a little bit more bigger. It was already big already, but right. nowadays you got cats that, you know, it's, it's huge now. It's you huge know, so, now. Yeah. And way, a lot has changed huge. since 08, man. Like, with oh, it. Definitely. Like, it's been a like, big like gap. Exponentially, it changed. You know, so, you know, I think Black Black was on, on top of it, too, as well. You know, making it tronic and kind of making the name, like, straight right. for that type of sound. You know, he went for that sound. But, like, for, with my album, I, I didn't. I just, I just kind of created and let it be what it was going to be. Uh, so, so I didn't really think of it. So it just kind of came natural based on the type of um, software and tools you were dealing with at that time? Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure records records always play a role in it. Like, it was probably the, the sound of records I was listening to, too, at the time. Like, I know around that time I was listening to a lot of, uh, like, new age records. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? That's just real atmospheric, like, and then, you know, real light sound. Right, right. And then I just, I just kind of, like, just gravitated towards it and just you know implemented it into my album right yeah. so i mean as far as being able to have mainstream or commercial success today if you look at it from that perspective electronic hip-hop has kind of become the norm now like we were just saying yep. it, it really it really took a big jump it's like the big thing now but there's yep. always that fine line that electronic hip-hop sound travels on when it comes to quality versus whack or rich sound versus cheesy put together beat where yeah, do you feel yeah. the electronic modern hip-hop sound crosses that line in your opinion as a producer hmm i think i think it does i think it's got a lot better <laughs> You know, like, I think it, it crossed that line at first because people were, like, you know, ex trying to experiment and use different things. And, and right. there was a certain time where, like, certain things that did sound cheesy to me, 
kind of caught on to people and they kind of liked it like that. Right. So like there was a, there were sounds that you know there was a lot of pop rap or rap records that blew up that were kind of cheesy to me, but that was just the sound that people liked. Right. Um, it was either that or it was a certain sounds that people would put in their beats that were the same. Like say somebody put out a hard record that had synths in it or like those little fake little synth violin mm-hmm. sounds, and then everybody would start using it. So right. it was like. Everybody jumped on that one sound, and you always heard that same sound on every joint. That's right. why I appreciate cats like uh, the, like the Neptunes. Like Pharrell was dope because he was always electronic, but he right. found his own way using his own sound that nobody else was using. So I liked a lot of that. You know, like him and him and Timberland are probably the best cats that kind of came back today. And we needed Timberland and, and Pharrell today, but they came back in the game using electronic sounds, but still it sounds different from everything else that's coming out. It's just the way they do it. No doubt. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 I did feel like it was a little cheesy, little blur line cheesy. Yeah, like, you know, there's a, there's a difference between Laffy Taffy and Kendrick Lamar's yeah. swimming pools. Right. Like, exactly. you could tell that there's a difference, although both are electronically sounding, there's yeah. that there's that line that they they cross that you know you know one has more of a richer sound than the other right and right, as a producer right. it's like what how do you know when you know you're you're making that that separation or you're you're distinguishing the 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 quality track from the whack track you know well well i i can tell the more i got into production i can tell a distinction based on who's a who's really a beat maker and who's a producer Right. You know, like the cat, like, you know, no disrespect or whatever. There's no disrespect to beat makers, but I feel like beat makers are just good at making beats. Like, they just know certain sounds. You can make a beat, you can make 30 beats a day. That's a beat maker. But I think a producer, like, knows what certain sounds to use to get a certain emotion. And they, they really take, a, like, a, somewhat of a pride in the type of sounds they use. Like, I think, like, 40 does a good job with Drake, you know, right. with a lot of his, his electronic beats. They, them joints don't sound cheesy. They right. sound, like, for real, you know. And there's a lot of cats that have that sound, but you can tell they're producers. You know what I'm saying? Like, Justice League is good at that, too, even though they use a lot of live instruments as well. But they, 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 you can tell that they produce. And what, and what you would you say? You cats just make beats. What would you say are the attributes that makes you tell that they are producers? Um, the way, the way they arrange songs, the way that they, they, um, use sounds with singers. Like, that's another thing. Like, sometimes beat makers have trouble dealing with singers because singers have to sing on a certain key and, you know, they might do chord changes or progressions or breakdowns and a beat maker might not know what to do when right. when they when they face those certain things but a producer will a producer knows is already thinking when they're in the in the studio like how to set up the beat and how to change it and go this way with it and go that way with it right and um yeah beat makers just make the beat and they know how to make it hard hard beat and they just you know most likely that's all that as far as it goes you know but um you can tell you can definitely tell like the the more intricate you hear beats or changes and and um, you know, B sections and things like that that you catch in, in the songs. Right, uh, right. You can definitely tell they know something. They know what they're doing. No doubt. Well, well said, yeah. man. I appreciate the input. So, 
here's what we're gonna do. Um, we're gonna actually take a music break. Um, and right. you know, we're going to something. Um, actually from um, AML Athletic Mike League. And when uh, we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit more. I got my yeah. brother 14KT on the line. <laughs> Out the box radio. Keep it locked. Yeah, play the AML, Mike League Kings. No doubt. So we're gonna go into this joint. Um, I actually seen a video from for it on YouTube. Um, AML, the joint is called Are You. It's off the oh. Jungle Gym album. And I think yeah. I think you you actually set the set the the song off, if I'm yep. not mistaken. So yeah. Um, that was uh, when we, I had to throw. <laughs> <laughs> Word. So we go. We gonna go into that. AML. Are you? It's actually they have a video for it on YouTube. The song is called "Are You?" Question mark. Question mark. Yeah. Uh, it's off the Jungle Gym album. So check it out. Uh, my brother, 14 KT is on the line. You're now tuned in to Out the Box Radio. Here it is. Two, two, unclothed teenagers sit in a room. Two on top, missionary position assumed. Soon, feeling submerged in the rhythm of you and the box for just another pair of boots knocking to you. Nervous is the truth, watch his legs knocking to you. Knowing she loves you more than a friend. One inch from sweetly sliding inside a relationship, you decided all pride. Should you oblige? Pause. Picture gasoline mixing with such your drawers. Girlfriends after her, she sabotaged. No, you can't do it. Just when you thought you choose heavenly, she whispers lush in your ears. Those three words, you hear, you hear. Checking for alliances, I'm zoning, rising, blowing by, I'm dodging both this lightning, open no books for notoriety, don't close them to my eyes, bleed, blow a kiss, I'm going with the wind on the road to get rich, spread culture and spit, inspiring minds is a risky business, unsure what we leave. when I get back, make sure you believe that, you scared, afraid of something you can't bear, that it may be way deeper than you may fear, you pray for change and it seems he ain't care, when days then came and went and the rain ain't clear, so you're not convinced cause you've seen this ish time and Time again, then you get depressed and stressed on the vine within. But see, to me, it seems the real problem is you wasting a chance to make it wait and then wallowing. Can't help a man that won't help himself and keeps itch bottled in. Gotta stand to yell out what you choked on and swallowed in. Cause all it is, I'm saying this right here, is lowering your tolerance to failing, getting prepared. Cause this ain't chairs, nobody else knows why you here. It's your life and your time to rearrange the lies you hear. You know the truth, do for you and make your mind aware. He'll be on schedule when you ready, but will he find you there? Uh.
Yep, yep, yep. You're back in tune to Out the Box Radio. I got my homie 14KT on the line. The joint you yes, just yes. heard was R.U. off of the Athletic Mike League's Jungle Gym album, which uh, 14KT is a member of. And um, KT, man, like I said earlier, man, you you set you actually set the track off. I'm actually hearing you spit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Pretty pretty decent raps too, and um. And I'm and I'm 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 listening to the new album right now to the the new album you just put out Nickel and Dime, yep. and I hear you yep. spitting on the first track, but yeah, for the man. rest of the album I'm not hearing you no more. So I'm like, what's good, man? I know you got I know you got the rhyming and you. How come we don't really get to hear you rhyme so much? You know what I'm saying? Ah uh, man, um, you know I, I kind of went into producer mode for the last few years, so I was kind of in producer mode, but. I still rap, man. Like, I'm, I, you know, I always say, like, in the words of Chuck D, man, I don't rhyme for the sake of rhythm. So I only rap when I have something to say. You know, I don't just be rapping all day, every day, just to, you know, play with syllables and, and waste time or whatever, like I used to when I was younger. But uh -huh. I just rap when the the words stick in my head, and it's like, all right, it's time for me to record it. Right. I just put it out. So I try and sneak my little one verse out of there every no now and then. <laughs> So well, I mean, I'm back on it. nah, I mean, I, I encourage you to, man, because you, you actually, I mean, I was like I said, the first track on the um on the new album, when it came on, I was like, damn, this shit sounds dope. And at first I didn't realize it was you until, yeah. you know, I read I read on, you know, in, in like in the, the write up on the album that you actually, you know, kicked off the first track. So yeah. it, it sounded really dope. And, you know, I felt Thank like you. um maybe at some point you might want to look into actually doing a full length, you know, or maybe maybe at, at least having some more tracks of you rhyming and maybe the rest just other people kind of supporting vocally, you know. Um, or I might do that. I mean, I definitely, uh, I have plans because, you know, I've been rapping forever and, like, I never did make one solo album. I was like, man, I promised myself I would do at least one. Right. Just one, even if I just do one, so. You know, hopefully I can get that done, man. Take some time out and just do it. It's that's, time, that's man. It it's time, <laughs> it's time, man. man. I, I think so because um, you got like this is like your fourth instrumental project, and I know this one has like a bonus, like the last few tracks are like vocal features and stuff. But I would like yep. to at least, if not hear a full vocal album of you rapping, maybe something where you're actually producing an album for an MC where the MC is rhyming through all your beats or whatever, you know, something where it's really vocal-based uh, for a full focused project. Cool, man. I mean, I, I definitely have plans to do both. Okay. You know, I, I want to I definitely do one with me rhyming on it. And uh, I actually do have one uh, with me and the MC where I produced the whole project and another MC wrapped over coming out soon. And uh, I have my brother, Jose Moore, okay. who's part of... Uh, a group called uh, Lightheaded back in the day, um, and he uh, we finished the album called Taking L's. That's actually done and should be out before the year is done. So you'll get to hear oh, that's what's up. KT production over you know another MC. Oh, that's what's so, up. Yeah. So it's already no on the way. <laughs> that's what's up. So we gonna we gonna look forward to that. Yes, sir. no doubt. So yeah, I yeah. mean. The 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 um the talk of the hour is the new the new album Nickel and Dime which actually just came out digitally, um this is actually in stores you know now um 
And um, yeah. Nickel and Dime, man, I listened to it. I love the production as always, you know, what you're able to Thank do you. with, with your production. Thank and you, I also man. see that, like, for the physical copy, you got the, the special spot 3D with the silver ink packaging. Like, a lot of cool yeah. things is happening around this project. Yeah, man. But as far yeah, as the man. music, what what would you say is the significance of the project? What what are you trying to convey musically with this this new project, Nickel and Dime? Uh, you know, musically, I actually wanted to give people music that they just enjoy hearing from me. You know, like the concept of Nickel and Dime, I actually finished all the music before I really knew what the concept was going to be. So right. a lot of a lot of the music, I just wanted to make beats to make every single track. Uh, on the album different from each other like I didn't want two tracks to sound the same so I was just kind of trying to keep my sound but make them all sound different right. at the same time and uh, that was really the only goal I had going into it musically was that no doubt no doubt and what, what would you say separates this instrumental project from the other stuff that you've put out in the past like you've put out at least like three other full-length instrumental projects like what what separates this one from the others uh the vibe the feeling of it like if if you uh this is actually my fifth one oh, okay uh, fifth project um just to go just to go down like the golden hour was kind of like uh a diary of where i was at at that time like you said mentioned earlier it was it was like sprinkles of electronic stuff i kind of did the same on this project but mm -hmm. i just felt like it was it was different types of songs in there. Like, for example, I had a song my brother Ab called Less Than Enough that sounds totally different from any other track that I put on any other project. But there's certain sounds on there that I used that I didn't use on anything else. And, you know, Now Relators was like uh, kind of like my Jay Dilla tribute, you know, and kind of right. I went off of uh, the Donut sound. So that had that kind of Donuts, Donuts-esque sound. So that was different from everything else I was doing. You know, and then Killer Tape was like beat battle type beats. So I kind of had that emotion and that feeling when I made that. So mm -hmm. whatever sounded that way was on that, you know, project. And then Friendly Game with KT was a little bit mellow. It had more mellow stuff on it. Right. Um, kind of melodic a little bit. But I think that this project just had different sounds, like the, the way I approached certain songs. Um, the drum programming on it was just totally different than I had never did that before on any other project. Right. So, yeah, you can tell, like, if you're a fan of KT stuff and you heard the other projects, this one definitely has a different emotion and feel to it than the other ones. Mm -hmm. and, and what would you yeah. say was done, like, technically different? Like, was there anything, like, in terms of, like, maybe the equipment that you used or the approach that you use with certain software that, that, that made a difference with this project? Hmm. Nah, man, it's, it's weird, man. Like all five of the projects you heard, I used the same software for. Okay. Uh, same, same, kind of the same formula. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Like I no could doubt. go song by song, but yeah, like as, overall as a project, I didn't have like an intention of saying, like I didn't give myself any rules. I just kind of like just created it and, and, and put it out how it was. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, no, same, same equipment, same everything. No doubt. I could dig it. 
Now, um, the title, Nickel and Dimed, why'd you choose yeah. that title? Uh, I choose it. It has it has different layers to it. Um, but the title came to me after I finished the album, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it came to me because when when I go into making albums, I always try to use some type of statement or something in the title that lets you know where I was at at that time when I was creating it, like emotionally. And I was like kind of frustrated at that time when I was creating a lot of the music. And mm. my frustration came from, you know, like in the past, I, I had released like four other instrumental projects. And through those years, since 2008, I just kind of been encountering a lot of unprofessionalism, encountering a lot of people that just, you know, take your music for what it is and just do whatever they want with it. And, and, and it travels everywhere. And people mm. just kind of take your stuff and just use it for whatever they want. And I've seen people like, you know, go on and kind of excel in their lives or, you know, things of that nature. And like at the, at the end of the day, I'm still in Ypsilane, Michigan, just making beats right. in, in my crib, still trying to struggle and trying to get a show, you know? And it's kind of like, it made me feel kind of frustrated. Like I felt like I was stagnant mm. and it just felt like I, 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 I really wanted to be somewhere else. And this was just how I felt. I was mad, you know what I'm saying? So I just took my, the first thing that came in my head was like, man nickel and dime was the theme and i was like it just stuck with me that was the way that you know describe how i felt so i just went with that and the more i thought about that title the more i thought about it just got a little deeper for me so right. i wanted to put the title of the song is that because it's not just me like i felt like that title is not just how i feel but it's how millions of people feel no doubt every day so i wanted to use a title that it just it it it, it relates and sticks with and connects with how other people feel at the same time so mm. that's how it came to me man and yeah there's other there's a deeper meaning to it like spiritually how it came to me but i ain't gonna get into it because that's like nah, a whole feel free like, too man feel free too you know i mean <laughs> that's, a, that's like a discussion panel type yeah thing, you know <laughs> well you know feel free to touch on it even on a brief tip man because what we like to do, what I like to do with the show is really get to the reality of things, you know what I mean? And like you said, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's an emotion that not, not only you has felt, you know, other people have felt that emotion, especially yeah. in this, in this cutthroat business and this uh, grind to come up as an artist or as a producer on an independent level. Like that's right. real stuff that you're talking about, you know what I mean? Um, right. And you know, you're you're you you're not the first person I've actually heard say this. I've heard other producers um, speak on the issue of, you know, putting out music and people taking their music and really just not giving credit to it or or just not returning that support that initially was there, you know. And it it happens yeah. with MCs and and and. and Unfortunately, it happens with producers too, you know. So, right, right. You know, definitely right. speak on that, man. You know, like, was it was it really um was it more so the the feeling of like artists kind of like taking advantage of of your work and, and moving on without homage? Well, I, yeah, I'll say this. I, I I try to keep it as brief as I can. Okay. Um, I'll do it. Th- I'll do it this way. I just recently uh, read uh, Quest Love's book. And he was talking about um, how when the Roots come up with titles, like they always uh, approach it from like three different layers. And like one is like a personal layer, one's like a hip hop layer, and one's like a world um, layer. 
And um, when I think of nickel and dime, I approached my album from a personal layer. Of course, it was my frustrations and what I go through. And like, for example, like a frustration that I always went through was people just being like, to me, nickel and dime is when people are being, to me, this is my definition, when they're like, when something or someone is extremely cheap or when someone or something is extremely expensive. And um, to me, here's an example of what I go through all the time. You, you get somebody who hits me up about using some beats. They say they don't got no money, which 90% of the time they say they don't have no money. Right. They don't have no budget. They, they, they Can they get something for free, whatever? Sometimes, you know, in the beginning I did it. It was all good. You know, I, I, I did a lot of work put in that. But after a while, it's like people get used to that and they just always approach you that way like it's right. a cookie cutter approach and then like after a while I started saying no because it was like you know I'm gonna put in my time and I'm gonna do something great for you and it's just like you know I I need something from it even if it's $20 $50 you know like do yeah. business with me I but know, most of the time cats don't do business with you they just be like all right and like if you don't pay for it they might even just do take your stuff and use it anyway or they might be like in one instance, I had a cat. I told him, no, I can't do it right now for free. And then he hit me back an hour later and said, yo, I got some money now. And to me, that made me feel like he tried to approach me and see if he couldn't pay for it first. Right. Then he had the money already, you know, and then, like, when I said no, then he's like, all right, I got the money now. And it, made, it let me think, like, people really do got money to pay for stuff. They just not trying to pay you. Yeah. You know, so... It wasn't even about the money, though. It's just more the principle of how you're trying to hustle me out of my craft, you know? Right. Just, just do business with me. It's like, let's let's do business. If if you don't have a budget and you really are broke and you don't have anything, what can you offer? Like, what what, what is it, what is it can, that you can do? And just because you might make the effort of being professional and offering something, I might do it anyway. Yeah. You know, but that's just... They come with this cookie cutter approach, and after a while, it just sounds like game. It's just game to me. It's game right. when cats are just trying to get stuff for free, and it's like, nah, man, it's, it's got to be some type of principle, some type of respect to it. And yeah. most of the time, I'm good about it, and I haven't really talked on it. But after a while, it gets frustrating. So it's just like, all right, well, I'm about to write about it and make my album that, and see if they still treat me this way after. You know, right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and so I'm, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you 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 mentioned the word principle because nine times out of ten, it's really the principle that gets you. It's like when you realize that, you know, that person could have actually paid you, but yeah. you were it was revealed to you later on that they really wasn't strong on their principle. That's what really gets to you. I, I feel like you said more right. so than the money. You know? Right, like I'm, I'm a human being first. You know, right. like I know it's business, but I understand business. I understand you going people are always trying not to. You know, you any businessman knows you're trying to make profit, so you cut down on your expenses and you try to make income. Like I understand that, you know, but like it's just certain things where it's like, yo, I, I, I'm not new to this. I've been doing this for a while. And like after fifty, hundred thousand, you know, people approaching me the same way. It gets tired after a while. Like, you know it's game. It's like, you know, and it's a lot of younger cats making beats now that are in the game and younger cats trying to rap getting in the game and they're learning from seeing that that cookie-cutter approach and they right. thinking that's how they have to approach everybody. So they come at you wrong because nobody's teaching them how to really do business and 
negotiate and network. So they just go off of whoever, whatever somebody else is doing. And I just feel like that needs to change. No doubt. You know, so I, I know I'm not the biggest man in the position to change it, but I can change how people treat me. So no that's doubt. what I, I was trying to do on a personal level, you know, but I'm ready for all the bullets. You know, I know people are going to come at me and be like, well, you take some records and you, you know, if you want to talk about the principal and stuff like that, and it's like, yeah, you know, but I put, I put a, I put a spotlight on nickel and dime because like I said before, it's not just about me. It happens to everybody. Absolutely. I'm a victim. Of, I'm a victim of it too. Like when I first came up, I was doing it too. So like, I, you know, I'm a victim too. Like I'm guilty just as, as everybody else is. And it's like, all right, well, what are we going to do about it? No we doubt. sit here and, you know, like just say, this is how it is or can we change it? You right. know? So that's, I just wanted to open up a forum so we could talk about it. You know, if anybody had an issue with what I'm saying, let's let's have a conversation and maybe something will change. That's you know, what's from up. so. That's well, I want to I want to commend you for for bringing it up, man. You know what I'm saying, and and I think giving that explanation, it actually makes uh, more meaning to the project. You know, so yeah. You know, I'm I'm glad yeah. that you brought that out there, man. Thank you, mean? man. That and that was how I, I kind of structured the album too. Like I was like, all right, I'm gonna do this verse. And it's going to be really simple, just about how I feel. And then after that, I'm going to give people the instrumental album. I'm going to just unload, <laughs> unload with these these frustrated instrumentals I got to get out. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. Then be like, here anyway, I'm going to give you the album anyway, because this is what I do and this is what I love doing. So no doubt. even if it still happens to me, I you know, at least you know how I feel. And that's it. That's all. I ain't even going to stress it no more. Just go ahead and do what you're going to do. No doubt. You know, but that's it. That was really it on a personal level. Like on a spiritual level, though, um, the title actually came to me. I was a monster fast at the time, and um, I was reading in a book in the Bible called Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes was written by a man named Solomon, who mm -hmm. like asked God to be one of the wisest men. You know, and was known as one of the wisest men in the Bible. But he did a lot of bad stuff. You know, crazy stuff. But uh that whole book is about him kind of looking back on, you know, finding the things that were kind of meaningless in life. And one of them, he talks about hard work. He talks about, you know, people working hard all day just to leave their work to a generation after them that <laughs> is not going to appreciate it. Right. So, you know, I kind of connected with that and I saw how Nickel and Don connected with that verse, that chapter in the Bible. And I was like, oh man, you know, it got a little bit deeper than, you know, I intended, but it made sense to me, you know, when I heard it. So I felt like that was a message that I wanted to share with everybody. You know, right. the bottom line, though, is, you know, what hard work. You can work hard with anything you do, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, an artist, a photographer, you know, but you got to, the bottom line is putting, working with a purpose yes. and working with a meaning, you know, working with the purpose that God gave you. Because if you are, no matter how you feel, no matter how frustrated you are, your job is going to be completed. You're going to no get doubt. it done the right way, and you ain't going to be wasting your time. So that's what I want to tell people. PCL Nickel and Don, just stay on your purpose and on the meaning of what you're doing, and it'll be all good in the end anyway. Well said, brother. Well said. Now, yeah, yeah. I want to I go into, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about some of the, another track on the album. Um, and just okay. like just some of the other stuff on the album, um, you actually put out 
uh, a free EP, Lincoln Lux EP, uh, prior prior to the album. And there was a joint on there that was that's actually on the album as well. It's called Rosie Posey. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When when I read the actual liner note description of the track, you said that there's a part on there that actually sounds like a vocal sample, but it's yeah, it's yeah. actually a pitch bending synth sound. Yeah, and yeah. I when I, I went back to the track, I'm like, hold on, let me listen to this joint again. Cause I, I had listened to it a few <laughs> times and I'm like, word for real? This is yeah, yeah. this ain't that a real boo- person. Yeah. yeah, when you hear that in there, I was like messing with the sound, and I like it sounded like a woman singing, and I was just like messing with. it. I was like, man, it really sounded like somebody singing, but it's a sound, it's just a synth sound. So how'd you manipulate that? Like, walk me through how you were able to create that sound. Ah, man, I don't, I don't even know. Like I said, like when you when you're sitting in the when you're sitting in the studio, you just go through sounds, and like I said, like I'll I'll hear I'll hear what the track like I'll sing like that part I was singing it to myself before I even so like laid it down so I was trying to find something like a synth sound that sounded like what I was singing without wow. me singing it or someone singing it so I just went through and th- certain sounds and on the keyboard I found a certain sound and I just kind of tweaked it a little bit and then after a while it sounded like a woman singing or like humming I was like oh snap gotta put that wow. in there so I just made it do what I heard in my head so you 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 manifested it, you brought yeah, it to yeah. life through the production because you said you were singing it before you actually was able to create it. Yeah, wow. most of my beats, most, I won't say most of my beats, but maybe about sixty percent of the joints that I make, I usually hear that I make the beat in my head first, and then sit down and like figure out how to recreate what I hear in my head. Wow, that's dope, man. That's dope. Yeah. Um, yeah, when when I heard the track, I was like, man, I had to double back. I was like, yo, for real, like, that's what that's what you pull out of that. Like, I would have never thought, man. And that's that's why I think it's good um to have liner notes and to just have like descriptions of how some of the music comes together because a lot of times we as listeners may actually become more fascinated by a a, a piece of music. Uh, if we find out how it um it, it was actually created, especially if it's something that we would never think is how it it, it came about, so yeah, I appreciate you for putting that out there. Oh no, no, I agree. I mean, if you look at all my other projects, I usually incorporate liner notes with them mm-hmm. that that describe every song, just because I'm I feel the same way as you. Like when you find out, you're like, oh man, that's what he did. He used the trash can to do this song, or you know, he was just using the pencil, like stuff like that makes you listen to it totally different. No so. doubt. So here's what fourteen KT. Let's uh let's go into let's actually go into that track from uh okay. from the album Rosie Posey so people could get a feel for the 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 um vocal sample and the the genius in your work. So uh let's take a Thank let's you, take man. a break and uh go into that and um uh, we're probably throwing another track as well after that from the album. So let's go into Rosie Posey and um, we'll come back. Out the Box Radio, you're, you're on the line with my brother, uh, 14KT, live from Michigan, uh, doing it up. We're having a wonderful conversation with the brother. This is the new track, Rosie Posey, off of the new album, Nickel and Dime from 14KT. Here it is, Out the Box. 
with the pen from the ends of the earth wet. See a lot of dirt cats battling for turfing. Put it on the map. Mid KT running black. Running from the birds to the trap. Running back. Running like the bird running laps. Got into it. Never knew I would be on from the raps. Back home. Reppin' niggas putting on where they at. Who's block, shoe box, money fold, whole stacks, go. Go back to the time where they used to be up in that lab trying to come up with some new stuff. Yo, put on that new one. Getting played, no chicks, nines, chicks backstage, getting goosebumps. Great goose, two cups, true. Hold it down. Yeah, uh, hold it down. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah, uh, look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody. And I pass you with it Get a whiff with a shit With her hands up with it Then it flash She's the last invented Like women You can have But the cash You finish Half man Slash bash The bash The ant crash The system uh, Jehovah Witness And cancel Christmas uh, Then Women were different For the fame I guess you gotta Lose innings To win game Shame on them The Pinterest clouds But wind Blow shade on them When you start her From the bottom Yeah Looking at her Starting from her bottom Pumping like toxins in the heart of the problem. Uh, red bottom pumps, bucks short of lunch money. Bad buddy smash straps, never crash dummies. The last of the black is black. MEDKT on a slap, where the real lap. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around, everybody trying to blow and hold the crown. Yeah. Look around. Yup, yup, yup. Welcome back to Out the Box Radio. Got my brother 14KT on the line. The joint you just heard was Rosie Posey. That was actually the first joint. And it was, as we was talking about earlier, it had the, the vocal sample. Actually, it was the pitch bending <laughs> synth sound that sounded like a vocal sample. So I'm yeah. sure some of y'all caught that right there. And uh, the next it. track that we played after was uh, Crown featuring uh, Black Milk and Med, which is actually also off the album, but um, it comes like kind of near the end of the album where you hear like the vocal features and stuff. So you got a chance to kind of hear some of the stuff that's on the album. It's out now. It's called Nickel and Dime or Mellow Music uh, Group. So um, definitely support the brother if you if you like what you hear. You know, people out there that has been following um, 14KT. You know, so uh, KT, yeah, man... Awesome. 
I want to know a little bit more about um your your production setup. Uh, what are what currently are the pieces of equipment and software you use nowadays to create music? Like break down the tools that make everything come together for you. All right. Uh, I start. I, I kind of still use. Well, as of recently, in the last maybe earlier this year, I'm using new piece of equipment. But I started off using Adobe Edition. Um, that was pretty much all I used. I had my turntables just give me a stack of records, Adobe Edition. I had uh, um, some plugins, you know, like some Moog plugins that I could play bass lines and sounds off of. Uh, so I would just use that. I just had a, I have a keyboard, MIDI keyboard that I would use to play all my sounds. Okay. Uh, turntables and Audition. Uh, in the last few years, um, probably since Golden Hour, um, I have uh, I have a Phantom now, a Roland Phantom keyboard that I use. I still use my plugins. I still use Audition a little bit. I haven't been using it a lot, but now I use Logic a lot more, and I okay. use um, and I use Machine. I definitely use a Machine a lot in my programming. Okay, so what yeah. would you say is that that one piece of equipment or software that that really really works well for you? That's like the thing that you can't do without. That that makes your your stuff come come alive. Ah uh, man, I mean, at this point, I'm still in the point of transition with my my ex girlfriend, uh, Adobe Edition. Okay, is <laughs> is it, still that that thing that I'm trying to get away from because I've been using it since I first started making beats. So you know, like I want to try to use new equipment now. Like I like Logic a lot because the editing and Logic is is kind of uh -huh. like the flow of it the workflow is kind of similar to adobe so i would say now logic is, is my go-to piece mm. in terms of what i use yeah definitely so everything kind of like software based no no mpcs nah, no no mpc drum? never never used the mpc i only made like two beats ever in my life with an mpc and they both got erased i won't say wow. who did it <laughs> how huh. true but <laughs> they both got a race, man. So after that, I just I just keep the hardware for cats, and I just stick with the computers. So was was it was it was it the bad experience of it being erased, or was it just the fact that the MPC didn't work for you? Nah, it, it, it it's two different fields. Like when you right. when you make beats on computer and you make beats on MP, like my my feel like when I first was making it, I have an edit style. Like I'm a cool edit king. That's okay. what I call it. I'm an edit king where I like to edit and cut and paste a lot, and I, I can do it pretty quickly. Okay. But, like, you know, MP is like you hitting the pads, and I was just never used to that. So right. it took me a minute to get used to it. But, yeah, like using machine kind of gives me a little bit of a feel, but I know, like, if you're an MPC user, you'll probably know the difference between machine and MP. But right. me, it's just a different feel, man. Hitting pads is a different feel. Okay. Well, whatever works for you, man. I'm I'm with whatever works as long as it sounds quality and dope. You know what I mean? Thank you, man. No yeah, doubt. man. You're, you ain't going to hear no beats from me on the machine yet until it's quality and dope because no it's kind of tough. <laughs> now, yeah, you got it. No doubt. Now, there's one thing that um when I think about musicians and producers from Michigan and places like Detroit, uh, one thing they have in common is soul. Like, y'all yeah. may have different ways or techniques in how you choose to deliver the music, but either way you look at it, it's still soulful. What do yeah. you think 
makes that raw, soulful sound so consistent amongst Michigan producers. Like, it, it transcends from generation to generation, from, like, Dilla, Slum Village Time, to cats like Black Milk, yourself, to Apollo yeah. Brown, and new cats like Nameless. You guys all have yeah. different styles, but that raw, soulful sound is still there. What what makes it so yeah, consistent, man? Ah, man. Uh, uh, I would probably just say raw, raw is, like, the key term. Um, raw emotion. I just feel like, you know, it's the atmosphere that you might grow up in and just mm-hmm. the atmosphere that's around here in Michigan where everything is just kind of raw. Like nothing is like a facade or or dressed up a lot. Like everything is raw. So when we approach the music, we, we approach it from a raw way. Like mm-hmm. like the, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, it's just kind of like you're connected with the sound of Michigan there's certain things in the sound that that attract to you and, and touch your soul. Like to me, and I'm pretty sure Apollo Brown, Black, Nameless, Nick Speed, everybody who makes beats can feel this is to me is the drums. Mm. Like there's there's a swing and there's a certain swing in the drums that when you program your drums it just becomes a part of you that you don't even think about it anymore. Like it's just a part of you, how you operate it's a part of your emotion and part of your soul where when you make your drums they just sound a certain way right. they have a rawness to it where they're hidden and they just they don't sound robotic they don't sound like like a machine to a certain degree it just sounds like just it's just raw drums you know and and i think that like slum was good at that I, that's why i love the name slum village because i think that was the perfect name for that sound that they had because right you know with, with Dilla, like the drums were always raw and hidden but like it always had a melody to it so like it it was the raw slum part of it but the village part was the harmony of it and like the melodies and the the bass lines and you might have some keys sprinkle in and some type of melody sprinkling in and and that that's what gave it its soul like the Mm -hmm. elements of the soul so i just think that we all like you know, we got a lot to to thank them, especially in my generation of producers. Like, we got a lot to thank Dilla and, and Slum and T3 and all them because they definitely had an influence on that sound and that emotion right. that, that just got into our blood, you know, and and now it's a part of us and we don't even think about it. Right. You know, we just, that's how we operate. So it's definitely that. No doubt, no doubt. And, you know, I, yeah. I think about... um you know in regards to the soul too um you know you, you know coming from from michigan like the motown sound like oh definitely yeah. yeah like how how influential that was i mean of course more more probably more initially influential to like your parents you know yeah. so i'm just curious to know like how that um transitioned down to your generation you know like coming from a city like that and the the music atmosphere of your of your parents and and people that came before you in that city yeah my parents my parents were huge you know motown fans so i heard a lot of that growing up in my household you know from the temptations to to smoking to you know stevie wonder is one my favorite all-time artist like mm-hmm. all those all those artists we heard all the time my parents had all the records played it so like like I said, like 
that's part of it too, like in terms of it just being ingrained in you. All the, all that music was even before I was born. Right. But even when I was born, I was hearing it, and it just becomes a part of me. Part of that, you. That's all you knew, you know? Like, I didn't grow up in California or anywhere else. Like, if I was around here, that's what you heard, and we took a lot of pride in that sound of Motown at the time. That that was that was what you, you know, that was that was what, what it just became ingrained in you. Like the musicianship of it, the sound of it, how it had its own sound, you know, with the Funk Brothers and everything. Like you studied it after a yeah. while. If you wanted to be a part of music, you had to know what was, who was doing what, how they recorded, you know, how they get the sound, you know. And it was just amazing that it was so many artists with the sound, you know, like Hollandos and Holland, just the producers and, you know, even Smokey, how he wrote songs. And, right. You know, like all that becomes a part of you. You know, and after a while, but it's it's a lot of it's a lot of genres of music that do have soul in a sense that came from Detroit too, like in terms mm-hmm. of the techno and and uh, even gospel music. There's a lot of historical gospel music from here too as well. But right. I think all of it has soul. Like when you hear the gospel music and you hear you hear Motown, you hear you know Slum, you hear like the generation. It just it just came through generation it just every generation to generation that soul always transcend transcended regardless if it was hip hop jazz or anything and, you know it just if you're a part of it and you grew up in it it's just a part of you you don't even think about it right now earlier you know um, we talked about in the intro you know I, I know you've actually worked with a number of other artists, like, you know, produced for other artists like Bun B and Danny Brown and El Zion, you know, others. But um, yeah. w- one of the um, one of the particular features that I really like is the one that you did uh, for the production you did for Jay Electronica, uh, the song oh, wow. um, Swagger Jackson Revenge. I mean, it's one of my all time favorite Jay Electronica tracks. Wow. And uh I was always curious to know how you were able to work with him. Like, uh, was that track actually tailored for him? Um, first of all, it's dope that he did a track called Swagger Jackson, like with Michael Jackson's birthday that just passed, because that song was about Michael Jackson. Right. Um, so that's dope that he used it for that, because now, now, like, when I think of Michael Jackson, it like, has a big, deeper meaning that he wrote a song like that. But, um... How that track came about was I actually met I met him via kind of indirectly online. Okay. Man, this was a long time ago, like maybe '07, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I met him I met him indirectly through Mr. Porter, uh, Guilty Simpson, a lot of the artists in Detroit because he would come to Detroit a lot to work with all these other artists and. Right. At that time, I, I was cool with all the other artists around him. I never spoke to him, like Mike Shad and people like that. And I would send beats to them, uh, and they would always, when they were, whenever they were in the studio with Jay, they would play my beats. So after a while, he ended up. I reached out to him on MySpace. This was a long time ago on MySpace, and just you know, send him a shout out on MySpace, like like I like your music, man. Would love to work with you one day. And he hit me back like, yo, everybody around me keeps playing your beats. You wow. know, send me some music. And I was like, where? You know, so once at that time, it was when AOL was popping. AOL is <laughs> the messenger. <laughs> it's the messenger right here. <laughs> and I'm always up late, you know, and he was like still a mysterious dude. Like you had to kind of catch him and he disappeared. 
at times. And one one day, I remember I was up. It was like six in the morning, <laughs> and I had I I was on my computer and I had AOL up, and he popped up online at like <laughs> six in the morning. I was like, I kind of froze for a minute, and I didn't say nothing to him. I just sent him a photo of beat with the That's AOL just, sound, just, right? That that beat that he used right to make. AOL, and then right. Right after I popped the link to him, it showed it downloading, and then he got off. <laughs> and then I, I didn't even talk to him. And after that, I didn't even speak to him. And I remember I went, I was on a tour. I can't remember if it was, was it 09 or, or 07? Maybe it was 07. I was on a tour, and I remember we were coming back home from the tour, and I got a call from my man Jay Kim um, at the time, and he was like, man, good stuff on the Jay Lack joint. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and he was like, man, didn't you do the swagger Davis? And I, I didn't even hear it yet. And I was just like, uh, I knew I sent him some beats, but I didn't know what he did. And then right after Jay Kim hit me up, he uh, Jay Lex hit me up um, and told me, he was like, yeah, man, the joint was dope. I had to pull the gun on it. So wow. he just basically kind of dropped it. But the, the beats I sent to him were for him. You know what I'm saying? I sent him okay. beats that I heard him on. So... It, we just didn't really talk about it, but he ended up putting it out, you know, anyway. So it, it worked out in our favor, you know, because he asked me for beats on some of the beats that I heard him on, and, and he right. rhymed on one. So, so it, you, it ended up being dope. So you created Swagger Jackson's Revenge tailored for him. So you, you had him in mind, that yeah, track. Yeah, I, had, that I more had him in mind. I had the beat already, but I kind of, like, was trying to think what he would sound cool on, like what kind of sounded intriguing because at that time he wrote a lot of rhymes that were kind of serious and yeah. intriguing so i just sent him beats that were kind of like that and he ended up picking one and and, and was, i gotta say man it, it really suited him like you know i mean and did would did so did the beat originally have the michael jackson um uh no, intro? no he did all that he yeah did he that. did all okay. that yeah wow yeah he did all that so I mean, so he so it was just a, a, a basically a meeting of the minds in terms of both of y'all having the air for what would work best for that situation. Yep, definitely. Yeah, that's dope. Definitely, man. Yeah, it's real dope. Yeah, really man. Dope. I, every time I listen to the track, you know, and and speaking about like you know like that track actually had the lyrics to it as well like the the file itself had the lyrics to it as well you could you could actually read the lyrics and it just everything about this track just sounded so well put together like i said it it, it definitely sounded like it, it it was tailored for him and you know i, yeah, I would yeah. i would actually love to see him rock on more production that is suited for him like you know just like that was you know um right. did, did you and him I like have any talks you know, post that, like, you know, in terms of working on any any other tracks in the future? Yeah, we did. We did. And, you know, uh, like I said before, it was like years back. This was before, yeah. like, he started blowing up. And, you know, Exhibit A and C and all that stuff came out. And he was getting his buzz. Like, you know, he was still kind of coming up a little bit. So after that, he, I, you know, like, he was, like I said before, he's like a mysterious type of dude. He'll kind of disappear reappear so you know he kind of after that you know he kind of like went his own in his own lane but we did right. talk about doing stuff it just never you know never came came about so came about, hopefully yeah. you know it's still time you know for that to happen in the future definitely but definitely man i would love to work with him you know what i'm saying 
Mm-hmm. And what was his what was his response to you when when you know when the song actually finally came together? Like, um, how did he respond to you in terms of the effort that you put out for him with the track? Oh, he, he like like it, when when he put it out, he just showed me love because he, he you know he told me that the joint was dope and he had the right to it and he just right. really wanted to release it right in and there. That's why he released it. So right. I was just grateful that he was selling some of my stuff enough to write on it. And like at that time. The only cats he was working with was like Just Blaze and like you know right, Mr. Right. Porter and like exactly. you know only a handful of people. So for me to be in that circle at that time, I was like, whoa, you know, like and and, and like I crazy. said, like I said earlier, man, I you know, Jay Electronica has a lot of music that's kind of put out there, but to me, that's like in his top five songs he's ever put out. You know, maybe wow. even top right. three, really, like, you know, right next to, like, Exhibit C and the other joint that he did with Just, like, that that shit really sounds like him, you know what I mean? It really makes him shine. So, you know, you, you really you really work that, man, you know, and... Word. Thank you, man. Thank I don't, you. Yeah, Thank I mean, you. I don't think a lot of people even knew so much that it was you that was behind that. You know, for me, I had to be like... So I, I saw that it said 14KT, then I had to like think again. I was like, oh, word. It was, it was, it was like, I almost thought it was a different 14KT. I didn't think it was you. <laughs> then I, I looked and I was like, yeah, it really was him. Like, you know what I mean? So, shit, that was what's up, man. You know what I mean? Word up. Yeah, yeah man. Word up, man. So, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, man. So, why don't we actually go into that song? I want to want to go into that so people could hear it and, you know, yeah. uh, really, really vibe to it. It actually came out on uh, FMWJ's yep. yeah, my Frank, Scratching my man Demos Volume 1. Right? Yeah. right, right. So, I mean, you could probably still get it online. You know, um, I don't know if it's up for sale now or nah. whatever, but, you know, you know, I, I'm sure you can still find it, you know, but um, you can listen to it right now. So here it is, J Electronica, Swagger Jackson, Revenge, uh, with the late, great Michael Jackson, on the intro, uh, rest in peace and happy birthday to Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, this is um, this is the joint that our uh, 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 14KT produced yes, for J Electronica. Swagger Jackson Revenge, Out the Box Radio. Check it out. Just because it's in print doesn't mean it's the gospel. People write negative things because they feel that's what sells. Good news to them doesn't sell. How has it impacted you? My album is number one all over the world. All over the world. America's the only one because I don't want to say too much. But it's not number one in the United States. It's conspiracy, yeah. I would never stop helping and loving people the way Jesus said to He said, continue to love. Always love. Bring on the children. Imitate the children. Not childish, but childlike. The return of the black moors with no fans. It's eerie like that documentary on Lisa Lopez. Pentagrams, pyramids, conspiracies with go heads. Knock down the levees, knock down the projects. Start another project, build another object. A drive through touchscreen doctrine for me to digest. Just horses with our blinders on, driving by the obvious, riding by the obvious, flying by the obvious. Uh huh. 
Regardless who you vote for, if the mind don't grow and the poverty line don't go, but the dope keep coming and the TV keep flashing images of a sports car, then you bound for a coke war. The meat get clowned by the coke law, the sheep get drowned in the folklore, then law to sleep by Tom Brokaw. Hmm, what a pity. The hope on the politician's tongue never ever trickles down to the city. Yeah, so if a nigga put a president's mask on and run up in the bank with a max saying, gimme, gimme, I ain't glad at him. But I ain't mad at him. I ain't mad at him. Look, if anybody asks you who I be, say a painter with a felt pen who drew Ali. I'm like Cassius when I blast molasses out the ass of the masses. From Fulton Street Mall to grass shit, I'm handing out free Alaskans. Yo, Jay, where your staff at? Green said you threw it. Yeah, I outgrew it. Some blog said you blew it. Nigga, fuck your blog. Jigga man said you can't knock the hustle, dog. I'm on the same launching pad that shot Russell Law. That's why I stay dug. You can ask the tongue to That's why I stay dug. That's why I stay dug. Ask Tumbling Dyson. You are now in tune to Out The Box Radio. I'm your host, Krell. Got the homie, 14KT, on the line with us today. We're having a really dope conversation. Lots of wonderful things we're talking about here. Uh, remember that the new album, Nickel and Dime, is in stores now. Uh, by Produced by 14KT. Got some vocal features on there. Yeah. Who we got on there, 14? Uh, it's Blue, yeah. Med... Yep. We got Blue, we got Med, we got my man Black Milk, we got my brother Jamal Buffer, we got a singer named Jameson, JMSN that's on there. Uh, we got my man Jose Moore, my brother Ad, and I think that's it. Oh, and you, of course, can't forget the legendary Cocaine, West Coast legend, OG. You know, he's on there as well. No doubt, no doubt. And um and of course we got you setting it off lyrically as oh, well. Oh yeah, I'm too. on there too. I forgot. So, um, <laughs> can't can't forget that. <laughs> Word up. Now, um, you know, we just talking about Jay Electronica and uh, you know, uh, and like I said in the intro, some of the other artists you work with, who would you say is the most um memorable artist you've worked with or most fulfilling, you know, you 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 can recall working with in terms of production you've up? Uh, for other people uh, man I'm kind of biased man um, the most memorable cat my, is, is probably my brother Jamal Buffett just cause when we make music you know he's part of Athletic Mike Lee but you know we worked a lot on his first album Pure and we worked a lot on There's Only One and I also did some tracks on his new project but I just feel like every time we make joints there's like a certain chemistry to it that I enjoy I enjoy that works for me and works for him and it's like effortless, you know, and I, that's that's one thing that I love about the music we make and it just comes out sounding exactly how we hear it in our heads. So I think that's that's probably my number one right there. No doubt, man. And 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 it's totally fine, man. The home team is sometimes where you where you make your best music. Now, um, you mentioned Pure. I, I really, really like that album from Buff One. Um 
What what was some of the tracks you produced on that album? Uh, one that might be most memorable to everybody is uh, it was a track called Pretty Baby that we did. Oh uh, yeah, that was my favorite <laughs> joint off that project. Yeah. I was I was just curious because I didn't I wasn't checking for the production, but yeah, no doubt that that yeah. shit was hard. That that's actually what made me um seek out Buff One. I was actually working oh. um for a music company at the time and. Uh, it was like a, a, a like a um like a satellite music company. A lot of people may know them. Um, and I, I reached out to Buff One because that song was just so powerful. So it's dope to know that you actually yeah. produced that. Pretty yeah, baby. Pretty yeah. baby was is like the joint everybody knows. Um, shoot, what else? What else? We I'm trying to think based on our shows, man. Whenever we do shows, it's crazy. Um, right. But yeah, I did a joint called Kingdom that had L's Eye on there and Miss Corona that was pretty fly. Um, whenever we did a song called Get To It at shows, it was definitely fun to do. Um, yeah, I did I did several other ones on there, several other ones, man. But like for you, there's a joint on there. It's the last joint on there called For You. I like that yeah, too. A lot yep. of people like yep. that joint too, man. Just the way that I flipped the beat and then the way that he, you know, complimented it with, with what he came on the track. So, you know, right. it's just it's just that, that marriage, man, and the sound, man, that just you can't get from everybody. And, and and that's what I really appreciate about producers. You know, certain producers are able to really do it well and you seem to have a good foothold on it, like with Jay Electronica and of course buff one um is a fact that um you know the when when that mc spits you actually bring out the best in the mc i've seen apollo brown do it really effectively yeah. too like with guilty simpson on it on a project that he did with guilty like just bringing out things in the mc that you you just enhance right. their sound right. um it, does that does that um what what do you, what would you say um makes it makes that uh possible with someone like Buff One? Uh uh man, it's 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 a number of things. I mean it's it's hard because I've worked with them for so long, so it's there's so many different elements to it that add to it. Like one, I grew mm -hmm. up with them so we kinda know each other. We know what each other likes. You know, we grew up listening to all the classic hip hop albums, so we know, you know, our both our our favorite groups our favorite group is Outcast, you know, so like we kind of know where where we want to go and whenever ideas on the table we just throw ideas and it's, most of the time we're on the same page or like if buff will approach me and be like i know you can pull this off and he'll tell me something then i do it and he'll be like man that's exactly what i was trying to say you know so i just feel like it's a chemistry that that you build up you know not necessarily sonically but just more so on the creative side in terms of the ideas and just being on the same level creatively where somebody can understand you and communicate, you know, in that way. Like, I think that's just more important. Like sometimes it's hard if you work with someone and the vibe is a little bit off, like you might be trying to convey a certain idea to them and they're just not hearing it or they're not seeing it, the vision that you were painting. And I think that's important that, you know, when, when the ideas are thrown on the, on the canvas, you know what I'm saying? They're like, word, okay, well, let's just draw, let's draw a tree right here and let's draw some rocks. You're like, word, I see a house in the back. And it just all, it all comes together right. when, when you create together and it just, it just works that way, you know, with us. And that's, like I said, it's, it's something that's rare. It doesn't happen with everybody you work with, you know, like 
you can yeah. work with the greatest art. Like you might put me in the studio with with uh, Chris Brown or something. And even though Chris Brown is great and I'm pretty good at what I do, it might not go together if we don't vibe. Yeah, it, even, mess, it doesn't yeah. matter how great mm-hmm. you are, or how good you are. It just might not work out right. And you know, I've heard that happen a lot. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have, that have done that. So, you know, whenever you find that chemistry, just keep going with it. Whoever it is, just keep going with it. No doubt. And I mean, I hope for you know, I hope you know for intensive purposes, man. Um, we could actually see a full length project with you, um, and Buff One. Yeah. You know? Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, so we hopefully we could cross our fingers for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You know? We'll see. But, we, but no doubt. I, I definitely will promise you that we'll always be working together. You know, and whenever we do, it'll, it'll come out, you know, sounding incredible to me, at least. That's yeah. what it is. Out the Box Radio, my brother 14KT on the line. Remember his new album, Nickel and Dime, is out now. It's a full instrumental lp but it comes with a few bonus vocal tracks and it's a project i definitely encourage fans out there to check for but uh kt just to just to keep people updated with what's in store for you give uh people a briefing on what what's next they can expect from you um what's next just expect a whole bunch of music coming from me in the next six months (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say just, wow. just, just keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. No doubt. Okay, so like, like, like singles and like, like whole, projects. Whole full length of... projects. Whole full length projects. More okay. than two. I'll just say that. Okay. More than two. So wow. Just, just keep. Wow. So nickel down sets is yeah, setting it, set, it off. It's setting it off. It's setting it off for for some other other bullets in the chamber. Well, man, I want to thank you so much for taking the time with us today, man. It has been a pleasure to build with you. Pleasure is mine, man. I'm glad we finally connected. Got, we're able to That's do what's it, up, man. man. Before we get out of here, give the people, uh, you know, uh, uh, info on where they can keep updated with you, like your website, your Facebook, Twitter, the whole nine. Uh, probably the, the one I'm on the most, probably Twitter. If you want to get at me on Twitter, okay. it's it's my name one four KT. Just that simple, at one four KT. I'm also on you know Instagram. I'm i four KT on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Same thing. Okay. One four KT. You can't can't miss it. Uh, I'm also you know if you want to check where my projects are, you can go on iTunes or you can go to uh, for Nickel and Dime and all the projects I've dropped with them. Um, uh, with Mellow Music Group, you can go to the Mellow Music Group site and mellowmusicgroup.com, or you can go to A-Side, A-S-I-D-E, worldwide.com and check out all my other projects that I've dropped in the past. That's what's yeah. up. And big shout out to Mellow Music Group too, man. People out there, you guys know that I've been, you know, supporting some of the artists on Mellow Music yeah. Group, man. They they have been consistent with putting out quality hip hop and quality music man so one of the um the, the 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 dopest independent labels out right now that's been you know really really doing their thing for some time yeah. now man definitely support mellow music yes, group man indeed. really 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 repping that quality music in the hip hop world man shout, shout out, out to, to mellow music man that's what it is and uh also people uh make sure uh, you could go to outtheboxmedia.com to check us out, or you could also check us out on Twitter 
and Facebook at Out the Box TV. That's O U T D A B O X TV. Remember, uh, the shows currently air on a bi-weekly basis, so keep it locked at outtheboxmedia.com for updates regarding new episodes and all the good stuff, man. Um, 14KT, I want to thank you again for giving us this time to talk to you. We uh, wish you nothing but the best you, uh, in, in all your endeavors, man, music and whatever you choose to do moving forward, man. Uh, definitely loving the new album, man, and uh, keep doing your I thing, man. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate I you. I appreciate it greatly. Yeah. No doubt. So what we gonna do? Uh, we gonna go out with the last track. Uh, it's actually um, another favorite of mine from from the new album. Um, it, uh, it's called Taurus, okay. <laughs> and I I know what it's short for, but I'm gonna let other people figure that out. Uh, but it's it's the vocal version, uh, and it's featuring uh. The homie yeah, Ad. play that. Um, one, one of my favorite vocalists too. He, some some people might not know, but he actually uh, is part of Black Milk's yep. band, and um, he you know he's, he does a lot of you know I think he plays the keyboard, but he also does his thing vocally too. Man, really, really, really puts yep. it down. So uh, this joint is uh, called Taurus. It's uh, I found sounds so funny. Uh, pronouncing that shit but uh it's Taurus featuring our uh vocalist ab off uh nickel and dime the new album from 14 hey before KT. you get into that so before here you it get is. into that joint real quick one of the bullet one of the Go bullets ahead. that i got in the chamber coming after nickel and dime is a four-length project with ab we have a four-length project oh with ab gosh, finished ready to go so look out for that much <laughs> wow Nah, now I'm hyped, man. Now I'm hyped because I, I really like that duty. He, he actually just put out a um, like a prologue, yeah, prologue, EP volume, or volume like one that. and two. Yeah, with him and Black. Yeah, check for Ab, y'all. Yeah, it's dope, dude, man. Dope vocalist. Yeah, check that out. So here it is, man. We gonna get into it. Uh, it's Taurus featuring Ab uh, off my man 14KT's new album, Nickel and Dime. It's in stores now. Thank you for being on the line with us again, Thank homie. You. Here it is, Taurus featuring Ab, Out the Box Radio. We out. Peace.
culture.